Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Ariana Bravo and this is the Autosport Podcast. It's Friday the 30th of April and today the F1 cars were back on track in Portimao. The Portuguese Grand Prix returned to the calendar this season and we saw the drivers tackling the undulating nature of the circuit while struggling with the windy conditions. Mercedes topped both FP1 and FP2 sessions with Valtteri Bottas fastest in FP1, followed closely by Max Verstappen only 0.025 seconds behind, whilst Lewis Hamilton topped the timesheets in FP2 around a tenth and a half ahead of Verstappen. More than six months on from what should have been his FP1 debut with Haas, we saw Callum Eilert taking to the track with Alfa Romeo in FP1 and finishing up 17th fastest. Meanwhile, Alpine was showing some clear improvements from the first two races and managed to end up 5th and 6th fastest in FP2. I am Ariana Bravo and I'm joined by none other than Stuart Codling, Executive Editor of GP Racing. How are you, Codders? I'm fine, apart from, you know, the aforementioned murder attempt by the cat on the way to dinner, overtaking around uh, the outside at the top of the stairs, which, you know, as, as James Hunt said to Mario Andretti, we don't overtake around the outside. This is not NASCAR. I'm glad you survived to tell the tale and to join me for today's chat. Let's get straight into it. Bottas and Verstappen, they were trading fastest times in FP1, but Bottas ultimately ended up going faster. And then Hamilton went on to set the quickest time in FP2. What did you make of the performance of both the Mercedes cars and Red Bull cars today? Been quite a tricky day to read performances because it's it, there's been a lot of what I call um, Cinderella quotes going around where um, <laughs> you know in 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 the morning people were complaining that it was too cold and then in the afternoon they were complaining that it was too warm 
and um on both practice sessions everyone was struggling for balance and for grip because the the track surface is is quite tricky and that's something we're going to hear a lot about this weekend obviously because of the the pandemic still going on there hasn't been that much running at that circuit it's not really rubbered in and the the recently relayed track surface hasn't cured i think there's still some sort of the oils leaching through the surface so it's it's still not very grippy so a lot of the drivers who would really enjoy going around a circuit with a layout like this are just really frustrated and it's frustration which is which is really coming out and we've seen a lot of drivers making quite small mistakes both mercedes drivers and the red bull drivers you know having little slides going off um not too much in the way of track limits whoa would you like to hear a statistic i've done some statistics tell us tell us let me let me grab last year on on the friday at this circuit there were 82 deletions of lap times at turn four alone because of track limits today there are only 39 that's a big improvement yeah it's a good thing the pubs are open and people can go and whack that stat down on the bar eight of those track limits deletions were due to rookies so that's interesting yeah last year turn one there were 43 deletions only 36 this year of which 12 deletions were from rookies going over mostly Nikita Mazepin but a few uh, Mick Schumacher and a few Yuki Tsunoda as well I don't include um, Fernando Alonso as a rookie even though he didn't no. drive yeah because that that would that would get people moving <laughs> to fury and giving us stinking <laughs> reviews but um, yeah um, although Bottas topped fp1 and hamilton was faster in fp2 only by a little bit from max verstappen Mm -hmm. if you actually look beyond the headline times towards the averages um actually once again not much difference but actually the on the uh softer tires when they did their long runs in fp2 bottas was doing uh, one minute twenty three point five um across the average on his uh, fourteen laps on soft tires. Lewis did sixteen, griping throughout about how terrible they were, and his average was uh, one minute twenty three point eight. So three three tenths between them, and Bottas working out a little bit quicker. And that picture was repeated on the medium tires as well when they did their long runs. Lewis was uh, one minute twenty four point one. Uh, his average on that long run, uh, Bottas one twenty three point two. Um, Verstappen. 123.5 and and I, can I can I burden you with the caveat that math was not my strong point at school so those figures could be completely wrong it's the attempt that we appreciate here we'll take it it's yeah. fine in terms of tyres and strategy for the race day and also in qualifying I guess what are you expecting to see um, in terms of ty- in terms of tyre choices well yeah this is the big one because we saw last year the the medium tyre was the better race tyre but it took longer to warm up. So we had that slightly absurd scenario where all the people who'd um, qualified on the soft tyre or picked the soft tyre for the beginning of the race were surging past the medium runners and then they lost ground again when the when the mediums came in. Whether that happens again this year, um, it's tricky to say because the, the, it looks like the variance, certainly in pace between the soft tyre and the medium tyre, 
isn't that great. So yeah. we, we might not see that whole business of the people with the soft ties pinging forward. And and it's uh, what, what, we've, what we've also seen is that the soft tyre, the pace really drops off um, over a long stint, certainly for the tire, the cars that are a bit more aggressive on their tyres, such as the Ferrari um, and also the Red Bull, less so on the Mercedes. Uh, Mercedes seems to have turned around. Traditional vice of their car was that it was harder on tyres. This car um, is is much gentler on its tyres, arguably too gentle because we've seen a lot of um, tyre warm-up issues in the previous couple of Grand Prix. But yeah, it's 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 far too early in the season to be making sweeping generalisations. So that's what makes weekends like this so exciting, isn't it? Because it's very tricky to see the potential outcomes. It definitely is. Now, we've had non-stop talk about Red Bull versus Mercedes. And as you said, still a bit early to make sweeping statements across the whole season. But looking forward to qualifying tomorrow and race day. From what we saw today, just from today's sessions, what are your thoughts on who is actually looking like the stronger of the two teams? At the moment, you have to say that Mercedes just looks fractionally better, doesn't it? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. It, it it is is very tricky to to talk about the ultimate speeds we saw because of the the difficulties and in FP one a, a lot of people spent a lot of time just um, sort of diddling round which is not really a proper phrase motorsport you journalists should use but they they were they were fiddle faddling which is another word we shouldn't use uh, on the hard tires just to get them used and not really setting representative times and it was only when they went into the qualifying sims towards the end of the session that we really sort of saw them putting on the table what they could do and and mm. some some drivers were doing us I think Lewis Lewis lost a potentially quick lap to a track limits violation um so I, th- I think when it comes to qualifying we're going to have to look at it in terms of who's going to make the fewest mistakes if you could quite easily see uh lap, fast laps being deleted because of track limits violations um and also it's a case of who who's in the right place at the right time and also how windy it is because yeah the, the, we saw this that afternoon, spoken about the, today the the wind was was something you know very, very much the, the hot topic, which you know makes a change from people moaning about tires. Oh no, they did that as well. Um, but, but because it's because of the undulations you you alluded to earlier, the the problem the drivers have is that it's the the effects of the wind is inconsistent because they go into a dip and the wind kind of disappears if they're in a shelter position and then they pop up over those over a crest and 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 the car gets taken by the wind and certainly in the last sector a lot of people saying it was really really perilous so we might see a few errors in qualifying if that uh those circumstances prevail into tomorrow we saw that max verstappen had a couple of issues in fp1 he was complaining of vibrations and then in fp2 he had an issue with the break by wire um, problem that arose quickly resolved. Um, but Red Bull actually brought some upgrades this weekend. Do we know anything more about the upgrades that they brought or the impact that they might have had on the performance from what we saw today? I'm going to have to have a look overnight at some of the spy shots that have been doing the rounds. Yeah. I mean, there's been there's been a lot of new little bits and flicks, and uh, the, the eagle-eyed Giorgio Piola will have been patrolling. A lot of lot of teams seem to have brought uh, upgrades. Alpine also uh, evaluated some upgrades in FP1, and then went for performance in FP2 and were quite impressive. Uh, something else that caught my eye. Uh, in, in terms of aero was Lance Stroll 
gadding about the circuit in FP2 with Flovis all over his diffuser. Mm-hmm. So that points to how chronic the problems are at Aston Martin, that they're using FP2 to conduct aero analysis as well. Vettel was saying that Stroll was running a different spec from him today. Um, so interesting to see how that will unfold and what they learn from that. I wanted to go back to Alpine quickly because, of course, they put in a really good performance today, really strong compared to what we've seen. Where did that come from? What caught my eye was how smooth their day was. And yeah. you, know, you, you you didn't see any any sort of moaning about the car. You've, there, there was very few visits to, to the garage for, for tweaks and various things and when you actually look at the run plans fp1 let's strike that off because they were doing error evaluations and weren't going for performance when when you look at um fp2 um alonso did 16 laps straight off the bat on the c2 on the medium and then did eight laps on on the c3 the soft which is another you know another uh can of worms we can open talking about tire choice later later on in fp2 fernando did 24 laps on the c2 which is a pretty good stint and that was really kind of looking forward to the race a, a proper race sim mm-hmm. uh, and ocon did 24 laps on the soft so i think they're going to reap the rewards from a trouble free run where they got the pace from i'm not sure but it does seem to be genuine and um the the mclaren drivers uh, um Lando Norris in particular said just just looking at at that car the pace was genuine it didn't look like they were running it light just to set a fatuously quick time to impress a sponsor yeah and the thing is the midfield pack is so close this season so far that improvements like that really affect where everyone ends up falling in terms of their placing on the timing sheets and on race Mm. day how much do you think Alpine's improved performance could affect the midfield pack and their battle to get into Q3 tomorrow in qualifying. It's looking pretty tight and the McLaren drivers were kind of casting doubt on their ability to get mm-hmm. into Q3. And if you sort of look, if, if, if we take sort of second practice as as an example, um, you had Daniel Ricciardo, uh, eighth and McLaren, Lando outside the the top 10. So they, they think they're really going to be struggling to, to break into the top 10. Ferrari also pretty impressive, you, you've got yeah. to say, flying slightly under the radar in terms of our discussions. Um, and then, you know, the, there's there's the endless lottery of where Sergio Perez <laughs> will qualify. Will he be on the front row? Will he be sort of tootling around at the back having having dropped a bomb? And Pierre Gasly, also a contender for, for a top 10 spot in the AlphaTauri, which is looking yeah, good. Yeah, I couldn't help but notice that in FP2, neither of the AlphaTauris made it into the top 10. Pierre Gasly was just outside in 11th and Yuki Tsunoda was 14th. Everyone had high hopes for, well, still does, I'm sure, have high hopes for Pierre Gasly after his performance last year here because he managed to finish P5, which was incredible. Um, but do you, you do think that he will have a good shot at top 10 tomorrow in qualifying and then on race day, do you think it will continue into race day or do you think the mid-pack is just too close now to be able to call? Last year, we had that distorting effect of the huge yeah. tyre offset, which we, we might not have this year. How is it going to pan out if there's a if there's a bigger bun fight um, in the midfield with, with less of a, an offset like that? It's, it's tricky to call. It will, I suppose, will depend on who is able to make it through to Q3 on the medium tyre 
and extract that performance from it in Q2 and then start on it and then have that track position as we go through uh, the race. Because I, I think that it is a circuit on which it's difficult to overtake. And if you have that track position, so you'll be able to park the bus. And if you can just extend your pit window, you'll just be able to pit much later than the people on soft tyres. So if, if you have to go through to q3 on soft tires it will probably put you at a bit more of a disadvantage than it did last year and then you might see the people who start outside the top 10 on the medium tire kind of coming forward during the race and when, when you look at what happened to pierre uh, imola obviously he had that problem with you know choosing being on the wrong tire and then taking 20 million years for the team to actually realize they were on the wrong tire and um, by which time he was sort of looking at the the the, the rear wing of, of of the Haas cars almost so on on a dry track where track position is king you really don't want to be in that position I want to also delve into George Russell because he was looking pretty good today he put in seventh fastest in FP1 and then 13th fastest in FP2 whilst his teammate Nicholas Latifi was 19th in both sessions he'll be pretty happy with those times today right yeah I think so when you look at who he was faster than certainly in in FP1 that was a very Mm. impressive performance wasn't it although yeah you know a lot of the people behind him were slower and a lot of them had been faffing around on the harder tire compound for a long time um maybe FP2 is more representative, yeah. but that's still not a bad, you know, if, if if he were to qualify 13th, he wouldn't be particularly disappointed with that. And if he can go through the race without um, hitting anyone, particularly anyone that he's hoping to get a job with, uh, that, that would also serve him well because Williams do desperately need to start scoring points as just, just as an organisation that's relying on get, developing a sense of self-belief. And also in terms of attracting the right personnel as they turn that organisation around, talented people don't want to go and work for a team that's propping at the back of the grid. It's really hard to recruit and and retain staff to a team that's struggling. So if, if the new owners of Williams want to actually be serious in terms of taking that team forward and attracting drivers of George's caliber without that little helping hand behind the scenes from Mercedes then certainly they need to show that they are on a on an upward curve and that they're understanding the car and that they can actually find some performance and, and be competitive rather than just be an also ran I'm hoping for a better weekend for George Russell. And I'm so excited by the closeness of the pack this year, the midfield pack and also at the front. I feel like there's so many unknowns and it's not just an easy prediction that we're used to of, you know, Mercedes topping the times and being able to really size up where everyone's going to fall in qualifying and race day. It's genuinely so close that we actually can't really call it. Um, but let's talk about Callum Eilert. He has joined Alfa Romeo as their second reserve driver and we saw him taking part in FP1 in place of Antonio Giovinazzi. He finished up P17 ahead of the Hasses and Nicholas Latifi. What did you make of his outing today? Well, it was nice and clean and tidy, yeah. wasn't it? And I think the team were impressed with, with you know, the. it's, it's going to be tricky with your first um, outing of the year in or your first Friday outing of the year on on a green track in tricky conditions because obviously we we were on the cold end of the Goldilocks scale there the porridge was too cold <laughs> you know if if you can keep your nose clean in those conditions um, he's he's kept it on the track there were no um, if if memory serves no track limits deletions where whereas you know our our friend little Nikita was exploring the boundaries um, so yeah 
nice, nice and clean, nice and tidy. They they won't be afraid of letting him uh, sit in that car again. And it will also the message will get back to Ferrari as well because he's part of the Young Driver program. That that he's a, he's a safe pair of hands, and that's all he needs to be at the moment. They're not looking for him to be ripping mm. up the asphalt and and setting fast times. They're looking for him to go through the program in in FP one, and also. You know, Antonio Giovinazzi won't be wanting him to wreck his car. So I think basically Callum ticked every single box that was available to tick today. Yeah, solid performance from him. Before we wrap things up, I just want to touch on Aston Martin and Vettel. I am starting to not enjoy these conversations that I have about Vettel <laughs> because unfortunately they're not... Let, let me get my telescope so I can see the back of the they're grid. They're not getting more positive as the weekends go on. Obviously, we're only on the third race weekend, but nonetheless, it's not particularly enjoyable to continue discussing this. But again, it wasn't looking like a strong weekend from him. As you said, Aston Martin seemed like they're investigating some of the issues that they're experiencing what can you say on the topic of Aston Martin and Vettel? They've been evaluating different aero packages today and, and split it across the drivers, which which is a good thing uh, in, in some ways. It, it does enable you to enable a back-to-back comparison, provided both drivers keep it on the island, which was, was not guaranteed if those drivers were at Haas the other year when they had problems uh, with correlation and, and working out why their aero package wasn't working. Their drivers were hitting one another when they were running opposite specs. Fortunately, Lance and Sebastian didn't do that. So you can, you can, you can say that's yeah, a positive okay. that's, we'll take that. that, that's that's all good um unfortunately you know, and, and this this is part opinion part observation um I, my my feeling is that this whole business of ooh the whole floor uh changes have been targeted at mercedes and we're collateral and it's a stitch up is uh, it's too early to say that. I, th- I think it's jumping to conclusions. And I think there are too many other factors in play to say that decisively those changes have harmed those cars specifically. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they they have wounded them in certain areas. The, but because, because these changes have been brought in as part of a package of changes, I don't think you can point at any one of those changes and say, that's the thing that's done it. And and it's been done specifically to to hurt us. So I think they would be better off um, pu- uh, putting their energies into understanding the car and finding a way to develop it effectively, rather than moaning about whether or not it was a unanimous vote to push these rule changes through. Especially considering those rule changes aren't going to be reversed. And and when you look at kind of last year when the team was racing under the name of Racing Point. They'd cloned the 2019 Mercedes and in theory had given themselves an instant uplift in performance, but they kind of weren't really getting the maximum out of the car because it's one thing having, you know, having having your little photocopier, having your pictures and your little tracing paper and making the car. It's another thing actually operating it and learning it and, and understanding why it does what it does. And Mercedes has all its years of experience yeah. with that philosophy and, and Racing Point had a lot to learn. And, and maybe a more coherent theory about why Aston Martin is struggling is that lack of understanding of, of lack of depth of understanding has made it more difficult for them to develop the car and adapt to the new rules regime. And maybe other people have done a better job. So, 
you, I suppose if you're a fan of that team and the drivers, all you can do is hope that with the additional uh, resource that Lauren Stroll is putting in and also that the talent of that team, because even when they had no money, they made a little go they a long did. way. Um, hopefully they'll be able to develop out of it. And, and I really do hope that that's the case because otherwise, you know, a, an unhappy Lauren Stroll is a furniture throwing Lauren Stroll and we don't want to see that. I'm hoping for improvements as the season unfolds, uh, as you said, for the team, for the drivers, and also because I would like to have a more positive conversation about it in these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is... Well, no one likes to see a team falling exactly. off the Exactly. I want to actually come on here with a positive, oh, it was a good weekend, a good day for Aston Martin and Vettel specifically. Stroll has had some good performances so far. Um, but I am sounding like a bit of a broken record when it comes to Vettel, which isn't nice. What you need is a little bell to ring when you got good news <laughs> about Vettel. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or some sort of buzzer, ding. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what we're hoping for. That is all from us today. Catch us again tomorrow after qualifying when we'll discuss all of the action from the day on Autosport Plus. Right now, you can read the following articles. Gary Watkins writes about what to expect from the sports car racing's bold new hypercar era. Jonathan Noble looks at the biggest headache F1 faces over its sprint race experiments. And how the Valencia E Prefast left Formula E with an image problem. New subscribers who sign up today can use the promo code PODCAST during checkout to save 50% off of their first payment. Go to autosport.com forward slash plus, click sign in at the top of the page and use that promo code PODCAST for 50% discount. Thank you all for tuning in. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.